guests this morning. My name is John. I'm our lead pastor here in Discovery. And uh, so glad you're with us this morning. We're going to transition into our time of teaching here. Uh, as your lead pastor, I have the privilege of sharing from God's Word with you on most Sundays. Uh, so we're going to do that this morning. We're going to open our Bibles to Mark chapter 1. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and turn there, uh, Mark chapter 1 uh, in your New Testament. If you need a Bible, we want you to have one. So we'd love to give you one of these Bibles. Uh, you can just shoot up your hand and one of our servants will bring you one uh, that you can keep and take with you. You can also turn uh, on that app or on your device to uh, find a Bible on there as well. And then turn to Mark chapter 1. We are in our series, uh, The Way We Change the World. We're talking about following Jesus. We're talking about how we lead others to follow Jesus and how Jesus, through the process of discipleship, changes our lives and through us then changes uh, the world. So we're somewhere around week seven, I believe, in this series. You can catch up with it online if you've missed some. Um, but uh, while you're turning in your Bibles, uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, how many of you are often stressed by the busyness of life? Uh, how many of you are feeling overwhelmed, maybe feel rushed in life? We're honest, uh, we feel this way. Uh, maybe the way this looks is when you're uh, at the grocery store, you kind of uh, check out the checkout lines to see the efficiency uh, of the clerk behind the counter. Uh, and when somebody's standing in the 10 items or less line with 12 items, you want them to answer to God for that. Uh, maybe for us who are parents, it looks like, uh, have you ever made up uh, games to try to get your kids to uh, rush to the bathtub and get into bed and say, hey, let's see how fast we can get this done. Uh, maybe if you uh, have four kids like I do, those are things that you do to just kind of uh, get there. Or uh, have you ever brought your cell phone uh, into the bathroom, uh, let's be honest, so that you can do some business um, while you're doing business. Um, you may be a little bit stressed and overwhelmed and rushed in life. The reality is uh, we uh, live in a culture that pushes us. And if you find yourself particularly in a season where, hey, you're taking uh, exams, or if you have young children, or uh, if you're climbing the career ladder, or uh, if you're serving Jesus in, in big ways while trying to do those things, you find yourself incredibly busy, incredibly overwhelmed, incredibly stressed on some days. And, and if you have children, sometimes our, our kids get into this too, and they have so many activities that they're so busy in their activities that it kind of bleeds and pushes us uh, in our lives uh, as well, that we are just a very busy people. And so uh, today, uh, if you're taking notes on that note page, our, our big point as we talk about discipleship uh, is this. Discipleship, following Jesus, requires time and focus. Discipleship is going to require time and focus, and the reality in many of our lives is we just don't have any. We don't have time, or we don't have focus in the midst of all of the activities that we have. But if you want to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus, if you want to lead a family that follows Jesus, if you want to be disciples who make disciples, well then uh, we are going to have to learn to manage our time. I'll be honest with you, as we talk today about the barrier of busyness to discipleship, uh, I'm not standing before you as an expert on the topic. I myself am a recovering busy bee, 
And um, in fact, uh, if I am quite frank and honest with you, uh, busyness uh, over the past couple years has not only caused me almost to miss out on discipleship, it's almost cost me my ministry, it's almost cost me my church, it's almost cost me my marriage and my family and even my life. And so as I stand before you today, I'm not saying here that I've got it all figured out, um, but like many of you, feel the stress and the strain of busyness and the culture that continues to push us in that direction, uh, but to also realize that God has something in our lives, and by his grace, and by the grace that we have for one another, God has uh, been able to lead me to understand some things, and, and I'll be honest with you, some days it feels like I'm just trying to find the next uh, grip hold in life, but what I believe is that if Jesus, who calls us to follow after him, wants to lead us through the culture, through our own sinful tendencies, in order to receive the life that he has for us. At this point in this series, we're uh, going to talk about a few barriers to discipleship. We've been talking about uh, why discipleship is so important. Um, and uh, there's some very real barriers that we face in today's world that will uh, hinder us. And so today, my goal is not that we are going to solve all the busyness, but to raise the issue for us and say, as a church, this is something we are going to have to continually recognize, continually seek, as it says uh, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, that we are not going to conform to the pattern of this world, but we are going to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can live the lives that God has for us and experience the life that Jesus died that we could live. So where do we begin in the midst of all of this? Because probably this morning, many of us probably showed up even feeling overwhelmed. It took all that we could be to, to get here. Uh, and I want to applaud you because there's probably many who aren't here on this Sunday that different activities in life have kept them away. But as we show up here, I think God wants to do something. Um, we are followers of Jesus, yes? And so where we begin is looking at the example of Jesus. Jesus came uh, to live a perfect life and to uh, die a perfect death for us to save us from our sins. But while he walked on this earth, he gave us a wonderful example for how it is that we live under the power of the Holy Spirit um, to follow him. And so in Mark chapter 1, we see the example. We find Jesus really kind of on day two of his ministry. Uh, he began his earthly ministry when he was about 30 years old. Day one of ministry was incredible. If you look at Mark chapter 1, in fact, he says that he was healing people. The whole city came out that they could be healed. He cast out demons. It was incredible. Wonderful things were happening. So what does day two look like? We pick up this story in Mark 1, verse 35, and it says this. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark... He, meaning Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon Peter, who was one of his disciples, and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him, and they said to Jesus, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus said to them, let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And then he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Lord God, thank you for your grace that we find ourselves here on a Sunday morning. 
Um, lots of different things we could be doing during this time, but, but we've come here, God, seeking something. And Jesus, I pray that this morning, aside from anything else, we experience you. We see you. We connect with you. We learn from you. And that even that, Jesus, you would begin transforming our lives today, that we can follow after you in all that you have called us to. So Jesus, teach us during this time by your spirit. I pray that we would listen. I pray that we would learn. And ultimately, we would be transformed. In your name we pray. Amen. When we talk about following Jesus and experiencing the life that he has for us, uh, we talk about it, that it requires us aligning ourselves with Jesus. Not only hearing what he says, but then putting those things into practice. So the things that I'm about to tell you, for many of you, they may seem pretty straightforward, rather simple. Uh, and I concur with you. But what's difficult is not just hearing them or knowing them, but putting them into practice. So I pray as we look at Jesus' example, we would not only hear, but we would come to say, what does this look like in our lives? And we look at Jesus' example. And the first thing that he does is, rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus, in living his life, sat with his father daily. He took time out of the busyness to sit with his father and to hear from him daily. If we look through all the Gospels, if you're reading through the Gospels in our reading plan that we have every day, um, we would see that Jesus, he takes time, not just this one time, but this is his regular pattern, to sit with the father. And I know these words, he rose early before it was even light out, I mean, those, those kind of challenge us already right there. But I've come to learn in my life that there's a reason that not only do we sit with the Father, but that we rise early while it may even still be dark. I mean, for those of us who are parents, we understand this. Those kids get up pretty awfully early. And if you don't get up before them, the chances of having a quiet moment are very slim. But not only parents, think of this. The moment that you turn to your phone... The crowds have the way of finding you. If you say, I'll get to time with the Father later, but we go and we open up our email, the agenda is often set ahead of time for us. And we find it very hard to put those things aside. Jesus said that we are to spend time with the Father. He gave us that example. I would recommend that there may be good reason to consider getting up early in the first thing in our day to sit with the Father and hear from Him before anything else directs our life, that we can hear from him and be directed by him. Now, uh, I, I will say that there can be other options. Some of you find yourself in different seasons of life. My, my wife, for example, I think she has done a tremendous job as a mom of four kids at, at getting them off to school and then coming home and carving out time where she sits and spends time with the Lord then. For those of you who have young kids at home, it is a tremendously difficult season for those of you that have late nights, for one reason or another, it might be very hard to wake up early. But this is what I would say to us, is that we must, in the midst of how busy we are, we are too busy not to sit with the Father. And so whatever it looks like for you, I would encourage you to be very honest with yourself and say, are you not just opening your Bible for a few minutes, not just clicking through your app for a few minutes, but sitting with the Father? Now, I think there are four verbs here that are very, in this one verse, that are very important. Number one is rising. 
It says Jesus rose, and then he departed, and then he went, and there he prayed. Now, sitting with the Father is about God coming and encouraging us, speaking to us, but we have the obligation to actively pursue that space. And so, rising, going, departing from those things in life, and praying, are you pursuing actively fellowship with the Father that you might hear from Him? Number two that I would give you is that we must listen to His voice among the many voices. What's it say? When Jesus was out there praying, Simon and those who were with him, the other disciples, they searched for him and they found him and they said to them, everyone is looking for you. Now think about this from kind of a a leader standpoint or kind of our own standpoint. Everyone's looking for you. Like, I mean, this is day two of ministry. That's what you want, right? You want, hey, to be popular. You want people to look for you, to want to find you. And the crowds often do find us, right? And so there are many voices that would call out to us and say, go here, do this, do that. But Jesus listened to the Father's voice. Thirdly, I'd say this, he focused on God's purpose rather than good purposes. Good things were happening in that town. He was healing the sick, he was casting out demons, great good things. But Jesus had a focus that when the voices said, come here, do this, do that, he said to them, let us Go on to the next town because I have work to do there as well. And in fact, he says, this is why I came out. Not just to do this work, these good things, but to do what God has called me to do. And he has a plan and he has a purpose and I am focused on that. You realize that Jesus' ministry could have gotten derailed on day two when the crowds came out there. And if he had stayed there, the rest of Israel would have missed out on hearing him and seeing him. But he kept his focus in the midst of the crowds, in the midst of the voices, and even in the midst of the desires of the other disciples. And so he went, keeping his focus, and he did what he had been called to do. So as followers of Jesus in the midst of our busyness, I would say that, number one, we need to sit with the Father daily. We need to hear His voice in the midst of other voices. We need to focus on His purpose rather than just good purposes, and we need to do what He has called us to do. Fast forward to the end of Jesus' life. He's hanging on the cross. He said several words from the cross, but three that I think really apply to us. After 19, it says that He called out at the end of His life, It is finished. And with that, he breathed his last. Now, can you imagine at the end of our days on earth, being able to call out to the Father and say, it is finished. The work that you gave me to do here on this earth, I have accomplished it. I would imagine that For many of us, if we were to think about that right now, we would feel maybe, hey, there might be a lot of regrets that we feel at the end. When we come at this life saying we want to be disciples, we want to make disciples, we want to be dads, we want to be moms, we want to be good kids, we want to uh, accomplish what God has given. But at the end of our days, will we be able to look back and say, 
Uh, it's finished. God gave me days on this earth, and I used them, I stewarded them well to do his purposes, to fulfill what he called. Or did we just take our time and not steward it well and be pushed around by the world and by the other voices in our life that we miss hearing from him and doing what he's called us to do? Now, we don't want to be people that look back at our days on earth and live life with regrets. In fact, I would say that we don't want to look at this next year. Can you imagine some changes happening even in this next year, that a year from now, as busy, as overwhelmed, as stressed, as pushed here and there as we may feel a year from now, that you could look back and say, you know what? The, the goals that God put on my heart for this past year, I look back and, and they're done. I'm a step forward. I, I've grown with the Lord. I, I mean, many of us would look back at the years and say, it's just been a lot, another busy year. Are we moving forward? We are about being disciples who make disciples. The purpose, though it looks different for all of us that God has called us to, is to be a people who follow Jesus and then lead others to follow him. And so, what does that look like practically? Well, I begin, believe that it begins with our church culture. As a leader here, I always look not at uh, how you should live out this life, but how is it that we're leading people to follow Jesus? That's our mission here, following Jesus. So it begins with our church culture. And in this passage, I think that Jesus does something very significant at the beginning of his ministry. He deconstructs one way of doing ministry and he establishes another. There was the disciples' way that says, let's hear and respond to the voices of the crowds. And Jesus says, no. I'm hearing and responding to the voice of the Father. And he guides and directs our steps. Now, there are a lot of needs out there, and many, many endless needs, really. And we could do so many different things. And there's many good ministries doing so many different things. But here in Discovery, our task is not to just say, okay, what are all the needs and try to meet them? It's to, number one, hear from God and say, what are you calling Discovery Church to do and to be. And then to with focus and with intentionality to pursue that with all that we are. Now there are many good ministries that provide lots of programs out there. We are not one of them. Early on in our ministry here and early on in my ministry, we got a vision from the Lord that said that we are not going to provide more busyness for already busy people. I mean, maybe you heard Jesus said, I've come to give you life and have it to the full. And sometimes it seems like the church has made it so, right? By filling our calendars with lots of activity. And we could provide a calendar full of activities that keeps our leaders running here and there and everywhere, that keeps you busy, that keeps your calendar full. Or we could say, God, how can we do a few things with great eternal intentionality? And that's where we've come from. And so if you are part of this ministry, what we have developed is a discipleship model that basically says this. If you will show up consistently on Sundays, and if you will prioritize being a part of a group midweek for about two hours, that you will be effectively led to follow Jesus. And so I brought a pretty simple graphic here. I think that, um, again, it's not elaborate. I don't pretend to be fancy in this. It's simple. But basically what we're saying is show up to Sunday mornings. Sunday, you're going to experience something of God. 
As God's people gather together, God does something to lift us up, to refresh us, to refocus us from our crazy, busy weeks. That though we may only be for an hour and a half, that we set our eyes back on Jesus. And we hear from the Lord. And we take a few steps forward. Now, a next step in that beyond Sunday morning is to connect with some people in a, in a smaller group where you can discuss what is taught, where, where you can be challenged, where you can encourage, where you can care for one another. And what we believe that in those groups, you will develop further intentional relationships where true discipleship can occur. And so here, I, I want you to hear this, that what we want to ask you to do here is Set aside two hours on Sunday morning to show up here. Set aside two hours a week to show up into a group where you can connect with others. And in that time, what we're going to do as a church is to try to be and continue to grow to be as effective as possible. So that your hearts continue to be stirred towards Jesus, that you learn his word, you learn not only from some teaching, but you learn how to study God's word for yourself so that the rest of the moments of your life as you are out at work, as you are out on campus, as you are doing whatever activities that you have, that you are focused on Jesus and experience him in the midst of that. Now, there are many times where we show, people show up and say, well, what about this? We want this ministry. We want this ministry. We want that ministry. We want that ministry. My experience is that we can only probably ask you to do about one additional thing besides Sunday during the week. And so we have said, how can we design groups in the way that will be most effective? And so it's meant saying no to a lot of other things. Our mission partnership, one of the wonderful things that we've seen in Haiti is because we have chosen to say no to a lot of other good things and pursue one deep relationship, we have seen God blessing the fruit of that incredibly. And so I recognize that we show up here with a lot of needs and a lot of desires, but we're not just going to overload the calendar with activity. We're going to seek how we can do things more effectively. And we can grow in that as a church. We need to. It's the question our staff, our leadership continues to say. Because if we're going to call you to be here on Sunday morning, if all we're doing is hearing kind of some decent teaching or singing a few songs, then, then you shouldn't rearrange your schedule to be here. But if we're showing up and we're pursuing God and he is showing up, then that is worth being here for. If we are showing up at groups and we are discussing together and we're growing together and we're building relationships, then that is something we should be here for. So we're trying to be more effective in those few things. As we pursue discipleship, we need to find times where we sit with the Lord and then we rise and differently go about the activities that we go about. Um, I want to be clear. Um, in a moment, we're going to really take some time to intentionally sit with the Lord. But we also need to understand that ministry will require some activity of us. There's some of us who do like to just kind of come and to, to sit. And so we need to recognize, again, learning from Jesus, Mark chapter 6 if you turn over there, just a couple pages to this, we see the ministry has advanced. Jesus is continuing that ministry. The disciples have just come back themselves because Jesus sent out the disciples, his followers, to go and to, to, to do some of his work, to join him in that work. But he then calls them back, and the first thing he says, he says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place 
and rest a while. In other words, don't just stay busy, busy, busy. Let's pause. Rest with me. And it says this, for many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. You've been there. You've felt that way. Got to pick up lunch on the way because I don't even have time to eat. And so it says, they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many of the crowd saw them going and recognized them and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Rest assured that when you try to get away with Jesus, the crowds, however you define that, will find you. The email will find you. The work will find you. Jesus says this, when they went ashore, he saw the great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. Now this is interesting because on one hand, Jesus would say to them, let's ignore the crowd and let's move on to the next place. Now here he says, I see the crowd, let's do some ministry. As we follow Jesus, we need to understand it's not just about sitting, It's not just about doing. Ultimately, it's about hearing from Jesus. Being led by his spirit to know what he's calling us to do in this particular moment. I can't tell you exactly what you need today. I can't tell you, hey, you really need to take a a week off of meeting with other people and just meet with the Lord for this week. I can't tell you, you know what, you've been sitting for a while. You need to step up and serve. I depend on Jesus to lead you in that. And I depend that we are growing to be people who hear from Jesus and hear from his spirit. And then not only do we hear, but that we grow to practice and align ourselves with what he is calling us to do. The church has a responsibility, but as individuals, my friends, it comes down also to the decisions that you make. We talked a couple weeks ago about what it takes to have a discipleship culture. And we talked about some shifts that we need to do to make from just kind of a teaching culture where you get a lot of information to a discipling culture where we experience transformation. And some of the things we said were that we need to move from the many to the few. We need to move from casual to intentional, from learning to living, from telling to showing to being distant from one another, to being accessible with one another, from being superficial to being authentic. You can go back, you can listen to that message, but my point is this. This shift requires time and focus. And many of us right now do not have time or focus. And so how is it that we make some choices and make some changes? Two big barriers I'm going to give us Um, And then we're going to sit with Jesus and hear from him. Big barrier number one. I believe this happens when we're newer to Jesus. Not that it can't come up other times. But if you are intentional about following Jesus. If you're newer to this church thing. If maybe you've just received Jesus recently and put your trust in him. You say, yeah, I want to follow him. A barrier that you will face is this. Unwillingness to surrender the good for God. Mark chapter 1, earlier in the chapter, verse 16 to 17, Jesus is passing alongside the Sea of Galilee. He sees a couple fishermen casting their net into the sea. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. I left off the key verse here, but verse 18 says this. And immediately those fishermen dropped their nets and followed him. If you're new to following Jesus, know this. 
that there will be times when you need to drop some things and stop some things in order to start some things and to experience what Jesus has for you. Now, they may be things even as much as related to your livelihood, like the nets were to them. It may be hobbies. It may be other things. But if you're going to learn to follow the Bi- learn to study the Bible, it'd be nice if God just gave us a download, but we actually are going to need to put aside some time to study it. We're going to need to set aside the time. That may mean you put down some of your other books. That may mean you put aside some of your social media habits. Some of the good things, even, the activities that fill your life to make time to be alongside other believers, to learn from them. You may need to drop some nets. You may need to stop doing some stuff and start doing some other things. Now, are you unwilling to surrender the good for what God may have for you? You may need to stop some of the worldly activities that you're going through. Things that have been part of your life for a long time. But the reality is that we know that Jesus has something better for us. And the life that we are desiring comes as we exchange the things that we've had for the things that he now has for us. One of I was a grad student here before I was a pastor. And I know the challenges that come with grad school. One of the things that was pivotal in my life was, was number one, when my new wife came to me and said, are you really going to spend all of your hours working on that dissertation and ignore me at home? And I kind of made some transition and said, you know what, I'm going to seek to be more productive in the hours that I set aside for work so that I can also be productive in another area of my life that is very important. The same thing happened with ministry in the midst of grad school was when I took some huge steps to serving in ministry and I felt God meet me there in that place allow me to thrive in both my PhD work as well as in my marriage as well as in my ministry now ironically for me my big problems with busyness came from ministry itself came from caring for the church and neglecting my wife. Came from caring for other people and always being there for others and not being there for my children. Not being there even for my own health. And now I know that there's times when the church wants, you know, you want a quicker email, I get it. You want better care, you want a better sermon. But I'm pretty sure that what you don't want is a pastor who is dead or divorced. And what I woke up in my life and found was that I'd become a full-time pastor and a part-time follower of Jesus. So I've made some changes in my life, even some radical changes in how I do ministry, in, in how I'm here, in how I delegate out to other people how I focus with the Lord about what he's calling me to do and how I pursue that with all of my fullness, including things at home, including things for my own health so that I can be this for for the long term. And that's not just for me. You need to make some changes too. If you are going to be a devoted follower of Jesus, 
and what we may have to look at for those of us who are maybe a little further in our walk with Jesus is are we failing to focus our activity on productivity? Are we just busy with many things or are we asking Jesus, how do we focus in the midst of what you brought me to? Life is busy. We have to navigate it. There's going to be things, those of you who work full-time jobs, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, those of you who are full-time students, things are busy. They take our time. Our kids, they require a lot from us. How do we lead them? How do we lead ourselves? How do we be disciples who make disciples in the midst of that? And that's one of the things we're going to continually walk through together. is not just adding more activity, but looking at what God has already led us to and then being as productive as possible in the midst of what he's called us to. As I said, I didn't pretend that we're going to give you a ton of answers today. Just hope I'm raising the issue and making us think a little bit about where it is that Jesus would call for us. If at the end of our days we would be able to say, it's finished. I did what God called me to do. And if right now you have wondered, I don't, I don't know about that, then right now is the time to make changes. So what we're going to do with the rest of our service is we're going to have some extended songs. And we desire as a church for Sunday morning not just to be, okay, we've given you another list of 20 things to go out and do, but that this is a time where we meet with Jesus. He meets with us. And so we're going to sit. We're going to sit with the Father. We're going to seek to hear his voice. And then you're going to respond however he leads you to. And so in a moment, Rolly's going to come up, not even with the whole worship band, I don't think, um, just to kind of lead us through a, a few songs. We're going to kind of sit quietly. And a few questions that maybe you would reflect on during this time. Number one, just ask a question, is discipleship a priority for you? Is your life about being a follower of Jesus who makes other followers of Jesus? And you may be here with still questions about what that means. Just think about that question. But if you would say, yes, I've heard Jesus say that we are to go and to make disciples. And that's what my life's about. Then a few follow-up questions from there. Number one, take a look and inventory at the activity in your life. What is keeping you busy? What is making you so busy? Now, some of you may come up with activities that you maybe say, that needs to go for my life. That Jesus may convict you and say, you know what, you're spending all that time watching TV. You're spending all that time in social media. Not that those things are inherently bad, but if you're spending hours upon hours and then saying, I have no time to study my Bible, that doesn't fly. Maybe there's some things that you need to say no to. Maybe even some good things. Then after that, looking at what activities... Are you currently doing that are essential in your life that maybe you can get a little bit more focused in? You know, you have to eat, right? So how do you eat intentionally with your family? How do you eat intentionally with uh, the coworker who's having a hard time? How do you eat intentionally with other people uh, in the church? Those activities that we have to do, invite others into, to have a discipleship focus. And finally, what is it today that Jesus would lead you to change? What is it that Jesus would say to you? Jesus, we want to hear from you.
Jesus, we've, we've heard some words from me. We've heard some words from the Bible. Jesus, we want to hear from your spirit right now. On so many different circumstances in our lives, we have students that are feeling the pressure of their grades. We have grad students that are feeling the pressure of getting everything published and meeting the demands of advisors to keep on the track that you've led them to. How do we have newlyweds that are maybe struggling with these challenges of how do I now balance this new phase in my life where not only do I have work and my own selfish desires, but I have one that I need to be united with in life. We have young parents who are lacking sleep, who are going through a transition where everything has been turned upside down by this wonderful bundle of joy. God, we have people who are in the midst of their careers, who have seen their kids maybe growing or coming and going and feeling those regrets. We have those who are maybe in a time of life where they have more time and they want to steward it well. Jesus, I can't speak to all of them, but you want to. Send your spirit now to speak to each one of us as we sit here with you, God. We want to hear from you. We're seeking help. We're feeling overwhelmed. We're feeling worn out. We're feeling worn down. Jesus, you said, come. Come to me, those who are weary and burdened. And Jesus, you said you would give rest. So as your church, we invite you to come now, Jesus. Do your work in us. Do your work, Jesus.